Today's sponsor is Kirsty Legister's Juice Plus. Are you looking for help with trying to lose weight? Well, this could be the solution for you. With a range of products such as shakes, boosters, capsules, and more, get started today simply by adding Kirsty on Facebook using the link in the show notes and get started today. For the ad-free version of this podcast, please visit our Patreon page and become a patron at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts in that month and all of the previous ad-free podcasts that we've done. Head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk. The link's in the description. to Random Gaming Talk. It is Entertainment Talk's podcast for video games. I'm your host, Matthew. Joining me today is Roberts. How are you today? I'm doing good. How are you doing today? Pretty good. Yeah, we just did our um, preview podcast for iZombie Season 4. We need help with a name, so let us know if you have any name suggestions for that. But we're here to do um, Random Gaming Talk. Uh, So what have you been playing in the last week? Uh, I really haven't been playing anything uh, specific. I've kind of been in this weird kick to where I just want to play a little bit of games that I have in my library, because you know how it is Yeah. with uh, Games with Gold. is You'll buy it for free because it's for free, and then you'll cancel the download because you don't really have time to play it right now, and then yeah. you just completely forget about it. Mm. And so I did that. I downloaded uh, Trackmania, played a couple hours of that. It was... All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, downloaded Slime Rancher. Played a couple hours of that. It was interesting, but nothing I'd really, you know, put any kind of long term effort into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of cooled off on uh, Shadow of War. Uh, not that I don't like it. I mean, it's a good game mechanically. It's fine right. graphically. It's really good. It's just one of those things that you kind of get into too easy of a you know lather, rinse, repeat cycle with games like that. Yeah, because you go to the area, you find all the collectibles, you uh, do all the things, and then you're quote unquote finished with the area. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just the games that get kind of repetitive like that just kind of lose my interest after a while. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so I finished uh, Mar- Mario and Rabbids uh, Kingdom Battle, um, which had a I had a fun, interesting, weird crazy fun ending um so it was fun uh i won't spoil what the final boss is but it's something kind of interesting um and something that you know when a particular whatever game it is when a particular new enemy pops up on screen and you think how do i kill that thing (laughs) um Mm -hmm. that happened and i thought okay surely it's like not just gonna drop me into the game and i have to fight this with this set of cover that i have which isn't much but it did um and it, of course it took me a couple of times uh, I almost did it on the second try but what happened was um, I went to slide dash one of these particular enemies and then go and jump do a team jump with another character but um, I must have moved my I guess my Joy-Con stick and put Mario right next to a very dangerous melee type character the same one that I just uh, the same one that I talked about last week um turns out i kind of needed mario because the other two characters died um so that that was kind of annoying i i once i had died on that attempt i knew that mario would have had enough health to keep going and been able to defeat the boss but uh in any case i I managed to to defeat him uh and that was kind of fun um so that, that was pretty good. Uh, the the final boss was very tough, and it gets to the point where um, you know when enemies start doing new things, like you, you get to a, you get in, into like different cycles with certain enemies where they do one thing and then you defeat them to a certain amount, and then they change, and then you think, okay, how do I stop this? Um, so that happened 
at the end, there's like three sets of fights that you have to do. In the first two, he does the same thing, basically. Um, or this kind of the same thing. Um, he does like the same thing, but in a different way. And in the third uh, part of it, he does something completely different. Um, which seemed like it wouldn't be very easy to, to defeat, which it wasn't. Um, but I defeated him. The game ending was, was kind of cool. Uh, it, was a, it was a very nice, like... CG animated cutscene at the end, which which was quite nice, because uh, the whole point of the game is getting the Mario characters back to the Mario Kingdom because they've been crossed over into the uh, Rabbids world or one of those sort of worlds. They're trying to get back to their Magic Kingdom, wherever Mario is from. Um, so you sort of see that as well. Uh, but very very good game. I uh, I would highly recommend if you if you haven't tried it yet and if you've got a Switch. Um, on how long does it take to beat? dot com, it says the game is twenty hours. I think it's definitely longer than twenty hours. Uh, it felt like I played the game for as long as I played Assassin's Creed Origins, which was about forty five hours. Um, I could be wrong, but that's just how long it felt like it took. Um, there's a few filler battles in there that. They were just like, okay, we're going to add another level just so that you have things to fight before you fight the boss. Uh, so that got on my nerves a bit in the fourth world. Because um, basically there's four worlds. Uh, one, two, and three have ten levels. And then the fourth one has eight. And then the ninth level is the boss fight. Um, but I felt like they could, they could have cut it down to maybe five levels in, in the last world. Um, but that's just that's just how I feel. Uh, and then I moved on to try and play Doom, and I played about an hour and just thought, I just thought, I'm just, this just isn't for me kind of thing. Um, some people call those ty- those kind of games like shooting galleries, um, and that's kind of what it felt like. There seemed to be a plot there, but it felt like the game was just going to say, okay, here's more enemies for you to shoot and shoot and shoot. And I get that that's the point of the game, because it's like, you do the glory kills and you get your shotgun and it's all like, you know, that that kind of you know, doom sort of game. Um, but I just wasn't into it quite that much, so I decided to uh, to stop. But tomorrow, hopefully, because uh, I was sent a copy of Mass Effect 2, um, hopefully, which hasn't been delivered yet. Hopefully that's going to be here tomorrow, so I'm hoping to try that. And the other game I have on my list is uh, Yakuza 0. I noticed the... Um, because Yakuza 6 came out recently, and uh, the Z- Zero, which is the prequel to, the f- to I guess, the whole series, and then there's 1 and 6, those are the only ones that are available on the PS4. So 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5 are on, I think, PS2 and 3. Um, so hopefully they, like, remaster those eventually or, or something. Because um, so I, I don't really want to skip from 1 to 6. I just... Feels like I'm missing quite a lot of a lot of story and stuff. Um, so uh, I'm looking forward to trying that out. It looks a bit like Sleeping Dogs in a way, and I really liked Sleeping Dogs. So if it's at least half as good, I'll probably enjoy it. So those are the next two games over the week. Next week, I'm hoping to play. Uh, but apart from that, uh, I'll do some housekeeping. Let you know what we're doing. Entertainment talk, and then we can talk about some news afterwards. Uh, so. Um, yeah, as I said, we just did our preview podcast for iZombie, which should be out the same day as this, if not tomorrow. And then tomorrow or Tuesday, I haven't I haven't quite scheduled all this stuff, but this is what I watched due for next week. Um, I did a review of the three Cloverfield films that have come out, so it's Cloverfield, 10 Cloverfield Lane, and the new Cloverfield Paradox. What I do is spoil the first two, because they're the older ones, um... But I do like a spoiler-free review of the third one, and then go into spoilers afterwards. Uh, so just in case you wondered what I'm gonna, what I'm doing in terms of spoilers for three different films, and then what I did was the day after I recorded that, I rewatched the first Cloverfield because it's literally been um, a, a good few years since I've seen it. It came out in 2008. I can't remember when I saw it, but I went and rewatched it, which is quite refreshing and still holds up very well. So I'm hoping to do. Like a rewatch review of that and give like a, uh, a fresh sort of perspective. So I'm hoping to do that within the next week or two. I'm not sure exactly when that's when all that's going to be out. But the, the the triple review that I mentioned should be out next week. So look out for that. Um, what, what else did we do recently? We did our gaming talk, of course. We did our um, 100th episode recently. So go and check that out as well. 
Um, I did a discussion piece as well, basically talking about Metal Gear Survive, uh, talking about sort of greedy companies, and in that I included EA, AMC, and uh, YouTube, and then I talked about some other stuff, and that's about what I can remember that that I made. Uh, I did some first impression stuff as well, which you can check out, so check all that out on entertainmenttalk.org. Um... Which news should we start with? Third party Xbox PC? Yeah, I've got mm, probably, you know, four of my six stories are that, so probably cool. best to start with that. Alright, we'll see you in a minute for that then. Cool, so what do you have for this section? Uh, a lot of the stuff that I have is on Twitch. Okay. So Twitch did a recent update to their uh, policies for both, uh, you know, people that are on Twitch and people that are actually not on Twitch but on Twitch. And I'll explain that in a bit. Okay. Uh, The first up is that there are new policies for sexualized content and harassment. Uh, Twitch is taking extra steps to try to clean up their community because apparently they think that they have issues with that. Oh. Um. A good chunk of that is what's considered an ideological battleground for Twitch, centering on uh, female streamers and their attires. Uh, women wearing revealing clothing often face disproportionate levels of harassment and accusations that they are quote-unquote teddy streamers, according to the article. Yeah, I've heard stuff about uh, that so, before. Yeah. So the official guidelines are, quote, attire in gaming streams, most at-home streams, and all profile channel imagery should be appropriate for a public street, mall, or restaurant. As a reminder, we will not tolerate using this policy as a bias to harass streamers on or off Twitch, regardless of whether or not you think they're breaking the rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will be looking at contextualized elements such as the stream title, camera angles, emotes, panel, attire, overlays, and chat moderations. Offering access to prohibited sexualized content such as lewds on Twitch remains prohibited. Um, And so it's one of those things that, uh, I mean, I'm sure there's, you know, something going on. I don't know the the full details of it, but um, I don't really watch Twitch streams a whole lot anymore. Uh, The new job that I have is kind of taking up most of my time, so... Mm -hmm. I'd be... I'm actually looking for some new Twitch streamers to, like, maybe follow. Um, be, because sometimes, like, when I'm doing website stuff, which I happen to be in quite a busy period of, because we upgraded the site and I have a lot of background stuff to do, um, it would be nice to have, like, someone in the background just playing some games on Twitch. So, if you're a Twitch streamer, uh, let me know what your um, uh, thing thing is, and I'll uh, come and come check you out. Or, or if it's on Mixer, it doesn't make a uh, make a difference. So, um, just so I can have something kind of fun to watch in the in the background or something. I know that uh, Doctor Disrespect just came back or something, but I wasn't interested in him previously, so I don't know why I would be now. Um, yeah, I, I only heard about him. Something I do watch from time to time is I'll get on YouTube and there'll be uh, a Twitch fails, and it's just you know things happening. Like, right. uh, you know, a weird graphics glitch or something like that, mm-hmm. and uh, um, that'll happen, so, and those will pop up from time to time, so I can kind of see where they're going with it for the, the sexualized part of it, because oh, yeah. a lot of the, yeah. the stuff that pops up on Twitch fails is either women in, like, really skin-tight clothing, or the camera angles pretty much looking straight down on their chest. Yeah, yeah, um, and... I'm sure some girls do it for different reasons, and I'm sure one of the I, I, well, I know one of the reasons is because they want more viewers, uh, and that's mm-hmm. the way that they think is better to get them, which is unfortunate. Um, but then, of course, there's the other side, which you mentioned here, which is people saying like saying stuff to them in various different contexts. Um, I've never been a part of one of those streams, so I wouldn't know exactly what is said, but you can uh, imagine some of the stuff that is said. Um, I even heard once, um, I didn't hear this from Naomi Kyle herself, but I heard that um, she was on podcast Unlocked a few times in the past. And uh, I think that the, the gist some people were saying was like she got some similar type comments which sort of dis- discouraged her from being on podcasts. That's just like not nice at all. She's just trying to go on a podcast and do her job. 
And just because she's a, a woman doesn't mean you should say, like, different things to her. Again, depends on what context. Um, but, you know, these, wherever you're a Twitch streamer or a podcaster, you should just be able to podcast or stream. Um, but, you know, f- follow, the, follow the guidelines in whatever way is required. Um, I'm sure Twitch, Mixer, YouTube all have their different rules um, of sorts. Uh, but just, uh, just be nice to people, so, um, I mean, yeah, just be nice to people, so, um, anything else you want to say on this, or should we? Uh, no, I mean, I don't have anything specific to say on that, like I said, I don't, uh, um, really have a whole lot of experience with Twitch outside of the occasional stream that I used to watch, Mm -hmm. and the fails, I do have a companion story to that story, though, okay, um, Behavior, this is according to a Polygon article, behavior outside of Twitch can now lead to you getting banned on Twitch. Ah. Uh, this is the introduction of part of their their new uh, community guidelines. Uh, in a blog post on Twitch's community board, the company said that if a streamer uses other media, I'm assuming like Facebook, Twitter, things like that, okay. to send targeted harassments or hate towards another streamer, it will consider these actions a violation of Twitch policies even though the activity didn't happen on the platform itself. Right, right. And this I'm actually not a fan of, because you're punishing somebody for something they did by not letting them use your service, even though they didn't let, you know, they didn't do it on your service. And it's not even so much that, it's just the vagueness of, uh, you know, targeted harassment or hate, because that's been a, a real issue here in the States is, People claiming, oh, he's harassing me, oh, he's hating me, and mm. neither is the case. Mm. The whole, you mean the whole me, me Too thing? Well, not so much the Me Too thing. Um, there was a, a big court case up in Canada last year. A guy got into a disagreement on, twit, on Twitter with somebody, and it went back and forth and back and forth. Um, and I don't have the access to the accounts, but it wound up him getting um, banned on Twitter under the, you know, harassment policies, even though it wasn't really harassment. And then they took that a step further in Canada. They arrested him under some anti-hate speech law. Wow. And he lost his job, and he lost his ability to do anything on a computer for two years while it went through the court system. And it's like with, uh, um, in Scotland, with that Count Dankula thing. Are you familiar with that at all? No, no. Basically, this guy thought it'd be... He was pissed off at his girlfriend, and he thought it would be funny if he taught her pug how to do, like, the Hitler salute. And then he made, okay. like, a... He, he recorded that and then edited it down to, like, a two-minute video, and he put it on YouTube, and now he's facing jail time in Scotland for doing that. And we, I think we've just gotten way past the point of ridiculousness when it comes to, you know, hate speech and trying to police thought and things like that. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, come on. It's, it's, he's, it's obviously he's doing this as a laugh, having a laugh. Because mm. why else would you do that? It's not like he actually was trying to turn his dog into a Nazi. His girlfriend's dog, rather, into a Nazi. Um, but just the whole, we're just really getting to that point now. Are they like drunk or something, or do you not know? Uh, the Count Dankula thing, I don't think he was drunk because it was something that he did for like a couple of hours and then edited it down into a two-minute video. Okay. Uh, obviously, they twitched, uh, YouTube has since taken the video down, so I can't really see it. I only heard about it in the After Effect, because this happened back in 2015, I want to say. Oh, okay. So it was a long time ago. And if you, you know, do Google research on the whole thing in Canada, uh, just kind of be careful which news site you go into because it is a, it's a very politically biased situation. Okay. And so depending on which news site you go to, it's going to be swinging one side or the other. Um, and that's a rabbit hole that I, I got the gist of it and the basics of it. Mm-hmm. And past that, that was a rabbit hole that I really didn't want to go down. Okay. Uh, I think all I want to say is just be careful what you do. So yeah, yeah. Um, okay, what else do you have? To uh, on a lighter note, um, Sea of Thieves is uh, getting some pretty cool uh, uh, branding for the Xbox because obviously nice. you know that's a 
yeah, Xbox right. exclusive. Yeah, I saw a controller somebody ordered the, the other day. Uh, yeah, there, there is the controller that uh, is still available for pre-order. comes out in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rare has actually partnered with Seagate, and they're going to be releasing a, a Sea of Thieves-branded 2-terabyte ah. hard drive expansion Two for your terabytes. Xbox. Going to need that space. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely yeah. going to need that space. It, yeah. It's a really cool-looking... It's, uh, it's like your normal, what would be like a normal external hard drive. And it's got the color scheme, you know, the uh, seafoam green and the purple. Mm. And it's got the the skull and a compass on it. And of course, it's got Xbox. It says Xbox on it. Cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's two terabytes. It's going to be uh, ninety dollars US. So I don't know what that would convert to to the UK. I'm not hundred percent sure. I could be wrong, but that's yeah, roughly like guess. seventy. Somewhere between 70 and 80 pounds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like assuming that. you can get it in the UK, but I can't imagine why you wouldn't. Hmm. Uh, and the hard drive comes out March 20th, so if that's something cool. Uh, they also, if you do get that hard drive, they will give you a weapon skin for in-game use. Oh, it's okay. called the Midnight Blunderbuss. Um, cool. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So this, is the, uh, this is a situation where, like... If you don't want to spend more money on the game, you don't need this stuff. This is just optional fun extra stuff. So, uh, like skins and, and all that kind of cool stuff. So, like, because if you, if you want to buy... Um, what's another example they did? If you want to buy Forza with an Xbox, you don't have to buy the Forza Edition. That's just a fun optional extra if you really like uh, one of those variations of, of consoles. Because there's quite a few different ones now in there. So, um yeah, if it's optional and you want it and you, you think uh, it's it's cool, then uh, have fun with it. Um, what was I going to say before? I can't remember, but uh, yeah, that's pretty fun. Um, yeah, this guy had a, a Sea of Thieves. I'm not sure if it was just a, a skin, because you, know, you can get like skins and um, those like rubber cover things. I used yeah, to use the, them. The yeah, the vinyl stuff. covers. Yeah. They're all over the place on Amazon if you do a search for them. They're yeah. pretty cheap, too. The ones that I've seen are like $15 US, so... Mm-hmm. Um, I did get a... Um, I'm not sure if I've said this before, but I had a... Uh, you know the actual shell case for the Xbox? This was before I had a PlayStation. Um, mm-hmm. Not that that's relevant, but I had, before I had a PlayStation, I uh, got a gold or gold-looking one um, for the Xbox. And I put it on, and I could... No matter how many times I undid it and did it up, it was always just slightly off, and it just never quite fit properly. Um, it's probably a way for me to do it, but I just stopped fiddling around with it, basically. But there's a lot of different cool options out there if you want to customize your stuff. So Yeah, probably the, the most popular ones are, like, sports franchises. So mm. pretty much any sports league, yeah. as long as you have the licensing for it, you can do mm. to whatever team and league and thing that you're into you can uh, get that set up yeah annoyingly i've never seen a manchester united xbox or playstation cover anywhere <laughs> yeah you might have to you might have to go um uh there's a website i think it's still up uh called skin it let me check real quick okay but every time i see them it's always like arsenal or liverpool or even on the playstation store i was looking at different themes a couple of weeks ago and they had um Arsenal and Liverpool, and I was like, no, don't want that one. So, yeah, the website is called skinit.com. What was the name of the team? Oh, Man, man United. How do you spell that? Just man and then yeah, space sir. UTD. Uh, doesn't give me an option to search. Oh, okay. But oh. you can actually do, you can do custom ones, so. Cool. Alright, I'll have a, uh, a look at it later. Okay. Uh, what else do you have to talk about? Well, oh, the last uh, the last multi-platform one I have is uh, PUBG set another record, but not uh, with no. the number of people that were playing the game consistently. Uh, they actually banned a record number of people for using aimbots and oh. other cheats. Uh, take a while to guess how many people they banned. How many players did I have? Like four million or three million or something? Like con- the concurrent players thing. Yeah, they they broke their record with four million concurrent players. So I'd say about half a million, just as a random guess. Uh, over one million. Okay, that's close. Yeah, there's a. Uh, they on October twenty first, 
Uh, they have a, a Twitter post saying that they banned 25,000 people in 24 hours. Mm-hmm. And then uh, November 13th, they banned uh, 100,000 uh, accounts that weekend after a security update, which brought their total to 700,000. And then December 28th, they banned uh, 1.5 million. Wow. And that's obviously a running total. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they don't say, the article doesn't specify it was like a, a 24-hour ban or, you know, a perma-band or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I the one thing those, I've... Those players were probably told, like, how long it is, so... Yeah. Yeah. The one thing I've never been able to understand is why would you cheat in a video game? The, I mean, you know, better. obviously... I don't know. Cheating, obviously cheating's bad to begin with, but, like, yeah. if you're cheating, like, on your taxes or... You know, something like that, to where you have like a tangible result of the effects of your cheating. I don't condone it, but I can understand it in the abstract. But we're talking about cheating on a video game where you literally get nothing. So congratulations, <laughs> you fake won something and got nothing for it, yeah. and now you're banned. Yeah. Makes no sense to me whatsoever. I mean, the only in video games, the only thing I've been banned for is leaving like too many Halo matches, which I just found silly. Um, and it happens with Overwatch as well. You can be banned for maybe the whole season. That's happened to me before. Um, there was two weeks left of a season, and I um, left a competitive game, um, and it, it banned me for the rest of the two weeks, which was annoying because that meant at the time I couldn't play with the, the people I was playing with. Um, mm-hmm. But w- one thing Overwatch shouldn't do is when... When a competitive match just has just loaded, if somebody leaves, don't cancel the game in the next ten seconds because the all the rest of the players are just waited in a big lobby, and they're in the game and they're like you know in the lobby and ready to go. A player leaves and you see match cancelled in like five, four, three, two, one, and then that's it. There's nothing you can do about it. Um, the, the the strange thing is with, with Overwatch is like when that happens. There's been situations where that happens, and there's been situations where, like, I've been in teams of four, and we've been looking for a game for, like, three minutes. What about if it put some of us in the match that that player's just left to fill the gap? I don't know. They've never seemed to really do that, um, unless there's some sort of, like, leveling thing. I don't know, but do you get what I mean? The people that are searching for games for, like, four minutes should be put in that empty empty spot where that game's just been cancelled. So Yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't think it happens in quick play. I could be wrong. But I've been in teams of three before where, like, players have left or glitched out or, or something. So, I don't know. But uh, to me, that's not cheating. That's just leaving a game. Um, but I guess it's like... I don't, know, I don't know why you do get banned for leaving games. You... So something, anything could have happened in the real world where you had to um, put the controller down or leave. So you shouldn't be punished for that. But if you actually cheat in a game, sure, you should be punished a little bit for it, like banned for mm-hmm. a few hours or something. Um, yeah, the weird thing is what they're calling stream sniping now. Have you heard of that? Nope. That's where somebody tries to, like in a game like PUBG, where you find somebody that's streaming, and then you... There's a way, if you look at the bottom, you can see which room they're in. Mm -hmm. And then you try to get into that room, so that way you can watch them stream. And then also use that as a competitive advantage to either, you know, track them down or otherwise be just annoying to them. Yeah. Because I know that's happened to a couple of PUBG streamers to where somebody will find them streaming. But instead of, like, tracking them down and kill them, they'll just annoy them to where they'll just, like, find a vehicle... And run up to them and just start honking the horn really, really loud so right. they can just bug them and disrupt their stream. Yeah, and don't give away like your position and, and stuff because you know yeah. people in PUBG are going to hear a, a car warning and they're going to come over and try and uh, less thin the herd because um, that's you know what their game's about. So mm-hmm. uh, okay, what's uh, what what should we do now? Should we move on to? Um, I have some PlayStation and some Switch stuff, but I want to... I'm very excited for the particular PlayStation story. I think you know what it is. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm going to leave that till last. So do you Yeah, have any... the only other two stories I have are both Nintendo, so... Okay, we'll do Nintendo next, and we'll see you for that in just a second. 
Okay, I have just the one story, so I'll read that out next. Um, I didn't actually know about this until I searched for it today, but we're here to talk about it. So, uh, Nintendo Switch reward points. Um, my Nintendo members, which is something I should apparently sign up for, because it sounds like it's quite interesting. My Nintendo members will soon be able to use <coughs> some of their points on Switch games, which is quite nice. Nintendo announced it is making some changes to the rewards program next month, which will uh, most notably let players buy certain Switch titles with their gold points. Beginning in, quote, early March, so we're in, like, almost middle of February now. Uh, beginning in early March, my Nintendo members will be able to use their gold points to purchase be able to use their gold points towards the purchase of select Switch games or DLC from the eShop. Uh, once the new system is in place, you'll be able to choose how many of your gold points you wish to use towards the game on checkout and pay for the remaining balance uh, with your eShop funds, in case you haven't got like enough points, I guess. Uh, my Nintendo program features two different types of points, Platinum and Gold. Members will receive the former by completing certain, quote, missions, such as logging into eShop Weekly, which is kind of interesting, while the latter are earned by purchasing 3DS, Wii U, or Switch titles digitally from the eShop. Members uh, can also earn gold points for buying physical Switch games, although the amount you'll receive is considerably less than digital purchases, of course, because I think digital games are a lot more expensive. Uh, where am I? Up until now, the amount of gold points you receive uh, received was based upon price tiers, but that will likewise change beginning next month. Going forward, you'll earn 5 gold points for every $1 you spend when you purchase a game from the eShop or Nintendo's website, and each gold point uh, will be worth 1 penny or 1 cent, or whatever it's called, uh, when used towards a purchase. For example, buying a $60 game from the eShop will net you 300 gold points, which in turn uh, will add up to $3 off another purchase. You can read more about the upcoming My Nintendo changes on Nintendo's website. My Nintendo first launched back in 2016. How I heard about this? Maybe we've talked about it before, but I just can't remember. Shortly after yeah, I think the we talked about it a little bit. Okay. Uh, shortly after the company discontinued its previous rewards program, which was called Club Nintendo, the points you earn on My Nintendo can be redeemed for discounts on 3DS, Wii U titles, as well as future titles for the two platforms. The most recent batch of My Free Nintendo games included Mighty Switch Force, Yearwalk, and Gunman Clive HD. Never heard of any of those. You can keep track of when your My Nintendo points will expire. Um, so I think this is pretty good. The well, the example it gives here is a bit uh, not much, really, because the example I'm pointing at is where it says, for example, buying a sixty dollar game from the eShop will give you three hundred points, which is three dollars. Um, that's not really that much. Um, I guess it's a it's like a case of saving up over a year or so to maybe get discounts from games or something um what do you think of this i mean they're definitely trying uh, yeah yeah in terms of their you know their rewards programs and sales and whatnot they're obviously you know playing from behind uh they haven't really figured that out and they haven't really figured out the uh the whole internet thing yet Mm -hmm. as evidenced by the fact that you got to use a mobile app to do uh online chat for the gaming system um, but past that, you know, it's definitely they're definitely trying to reward their fans, which yeah, is never good. a bad thing. Yeah, and um, those numbers can always be tweaked and changed later. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with you there. Uh, and I'm sure through like because with the Xbox preview program, they have like feedback and they change stuff and and things like that. Um, so maybe they'll they'll make some changes there. Uh, I'm not sure about any type of beta, unless it's already out or something. I haven't really paid that much attention to this, if you haven't noticed. Um, but it's probably something I should sign up for. Um, although I don't really buy digital stuff from the, the Switch store, but if there's like a, an indie game that I hear about that's on sale for for fairly cheap, 
I'll probably like check it out at least. Um, so it could like I could dig into it that way maybe. Um, but I'm not going to be buying like Zelda off the Switch store for sixty sixty pounds or fifty five pounds. That's just this is not going to happen. Um, but maybe if there's like some indie games for five, ten, fifteen, maybe twenty pounds, I could uh, I consider it. Maybe I could build my thing up from there. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Uh, I'll. I should probably look into this during the week and and sign up for it in some way then. Um. Okay. Well, what do you have uh, for Switch news? Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, there's no shock that uh, Nintendo Switch is a phenomenon in terms of sales. Yeah. Uh, according to the uh, information released uh, Wednesday. Uh, Nintendo Switch has sold 14.86 million units worldwide. So that means in less than 10 months, the Switch has already outsold the Wii U. It only did 13.5 uh, during its entire lifetime on the market. Switch, uh, the, the Wii U did what? 13... 13.5 million units during the whole time it was for sale. Wow, that's really low. <laughs> yeah. And I then the... In the, in less than a year, in like nine and a half months, the Switch is almost at fifteen million. Nice. I think it's fair to say Nintendo has has turned a corner. So. Oh, good. absolutely. Yeah. And the weird thing is, is that there's no popular region for the Switch. The breakdown is, is that Japan bought uh, a little less than four million, uh, the U.S. bought almost six million, and then the rest of the world a little over five million. So that's okay. a pretty even distribution. Because if you think about Xbox. The biggest problem that Xbox has is that it has zero sales practically in Japan. Yeah, um, and that's one of the reasons why they're so far behind in terms of console sales. Even though in the U.S. the market for the Xbox is really really strong, mm-hmm. um, just not being able to break into that uh, Japan market is what's hurting them the most. What is the reason they can't do that yet? I don't know. I think part of it is because Sony is a Japanese company. And so there's yeah. that, you know, brand loyalty on that level. Mm. And, and they've got their RPGs they, and all JRPGs running yeah, and stuff. The RPGs, the JRPGs. Um and when the original Xbox launched, it was a giant bulky thing. It's even bigger than the, the Xbox One uh that's out now. Yeah. I don't know if you ever own one of those things or not, but it was it was massive and huge and oh, you mean not the very pretty. Original Xbox. Yeah, the original OG Xbox. Yeah. That, those are pretty big. Um, speaking of Switch and Nintendo and stuff, I last week I said I was going to go and watch the Wii U trailer. I watched it, and uh, yeah, it's, it's it's very odd. Um, it it tries to show you, and I, I know this is like old stuff, and nobody's going to buy Wii U anymore. But it tries to show you like these different types of games, but doesn't explain it anywhere near clearly enough. Um, and it's got this part where, I think it's near the start of the trailer, where this guy's playing some sort of 2D Mario. And some guy comes in the room and he says, oh, it's time to watch the game. He presses a button on his TV remote and he's watching some sort of baseball or something. And then the camera pans down to the gamepad and he's playing the Mario game on the gamepad. Um, and coincidentally enough on this week's uh, What's Good Games, because I, th- I think they talked about something to do with Nintendo, uh, Brittany mentioned that the... Uh, distance you could do that for was like 15 feet. She might have been joking or, or something like that, but apparently it was like really short, so yeah. Because um, a lot of people have said uh, th- through like the reaction videos of the Switch trailer that I've seen a lot of people are like, this is what the Wii U should have been or what it tried to be but what just wasn't successful in, in doing because um, they just they just didn't do it right. Uh, have you seen the Wii U trailer y- y- yourself? No, I haven't. Okay, it's it was the one I watched from E3 2011, and it just the weird games and stuff that it shows off are just like don't have much much explanation. Uh, but hey, we're in the the Switch's era now, and we can we can focus on that. So, um, good stuff. Uh, the one thing they do need to continue to get better at is uh the third party support but with like dark souls and some other stuff coming out there they're getting there but they need to like continue to push it so yeah bethesda's bringing games onto the switch yeah. um i mean just the number of units sold alone is a reason that more third party support is going to be coming it's just one of those things that mm. 
I'm I don't know this for sure, but I would hazard a, an easy safe bet guess that um, because the Wii U did so poorly, uh, that nobody wanted to commit the resources to making a game for the Switch until it was proven viable. Yeah, because uh, like that's the thing. Had the thing that they wanted to sell the product on, so. Yeah, yeah, because that's the thing. I mean, if you develop a game for Xbox, it's really, really easy to convert it over to PC. Mm-hmm. Um, now that the PlayStation 4 has got the different architecture, it's a little bit easier to code on that. But the Switch is a completely different animal. So Yeah, yeah. Um, whether it means more ports of old games that I maybe haven't played. Um, so like I mentioned earlier, if, like, if Mass Effect 2 was on the Switch, that would be really cool to have like a long RPG that I could... Uh, could do that kind of stuff with um or could play on like journeys and stuff um that's where i think the switch is going to do better um and it's been proven with zelda and mario is like these longer rpg games less so with mario is obviously a different game than zelda but with with zelda type games and i guess with like xenoblade chronicles those sort of longer rpg games i think the switch should try more with and uh hopefully dark souls is is like within that wheelhouse as well um of like these long rpg sort of of games that you can play um because like as good as it is with like um the nindies or whatever they're called the, the indies on the switch um being on there they are very short games and i feel like um, a lot of people said like oh if persona was on I, I remember greg miller said this on one of his one of his various podcasts he said like oh if persona was on the switch i would like play it on the flights that i'm on and stuff and i'd be able to put more more time into the 90 hour runtime of that game so uh good i hope more more games continue to come to the switch which looks like they are um i'm personally going to try dark souls on the switch um because of some of that reason as well because like it's longer game and stuff um so yeah hopefully good things continue to come which looks like they are so uh, it'd be an interesting E3 and all that kind of stuff this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that all the Switch stuff you had? Yes, yeah, all I had. Okay, did you have anything else, or should I do my uh, PlayStation? Go ahead and do yours. Cool, so we'll see you in a minute for some PlayStation stuff. Okay, moving on to one of the best... Um, or personally best news stories I've heard in a while. Um, Crash Bandicoot, the game that I loved for last year, if you've listened to some of our previous podcasts or noticed the content we've released in the last year, um, which has been quite a lot of Crash Bandicoot stuff. Crash Bandicoot may be uh, about to release a new game in 2019. It says here, uh, this is from pushsquare.com. Activision has a five-year plan for the platforming icon, which is already a, a great start to this, to this story. Crash Bandicoot is back. Last year's uh, excellent Insane Trilogy appeared to take even Activision by surprise, becoming one of the biggest success stories of 2017. With minimal marketing... I would disagree on that a little bit. There was a lot of YouTube videos. Uh, minimal marketing... Sp- oh, spent. Sorry, I didn't read the rest of that thing. Uh, and now a merchandising company in... Uh, now and now a merchandising company in a European licensing manual has hinted that a new game is on the way. It says quote there will be another game in twenty nineteen that said Max Argual, the licensing manager merchandising uh the licensing manager at merchandising company GBI. Activision has a five year plan for this and GBI is delighted to be on board for all products. There's also mention of Nintendo Switch and PC versions of of the Insane Trilogy, the remastered trilogy from last year, hopefully coming to those systems. Although, curiously, it sounds like the Xbox One could be left out in the dark. I'll explain why I think that's a bit more obvious in a minute. Given the coots, and that's from Push Square, that's not me saying that. Given the coots established uh, association with PlayStation, it's likely Sony will continue to work closely with Activision when it comes to marketing and promoting various Crash-related titles, although it was inevitable that the character would go multi-platform again at some point. Don't be surprised to see an updated version of Crash Team Racing announced at E3 later this year. So, my thoughts are... I a few things to say, of course. Um, I think it's kind of obvious why the Insane Trilogy wouldn't be on the 
Xbox because although the Wrath of Cortex, which was the fourth game, which I believe was developed by somebody else, I could have that wrong, but um, that was one that uh, did go to the original Xbox and was on PlayStation 2. The Insane Trilogy, which is the, the first three games, uh, didn't go to the Xbox or the 360 or anything like that. Um, and those were the ones that were done by Naughty Dog, so it makes sense that that would still not go to Xbox because Sony and Naughty Dog and Activision have got got it there for, for PlayStation. Um, or, or at least the reason that they wouldn't let it go on a rival console. Um, I mean, I know that the Switch and PC are kind of rivals to the PlayStation in some way, but it's not the like direct big Microsoft um, rival console, so I think that makes sense as to why the Insane Trilogy wouldn't go on the Xbox One. Um, in terms of a new game, if they... The, the good thing is now is that now that they've made this new engine and stuff with the Insane Trilogy, all I kind of want is another game that uses the same engine, the one that I just used last year, and just fill it with new stuff, new enemies, new levels, and all that kind of stuff. And I'll, I'll be very, very happy with that. The reason I don't quite sound quite as excited as I should be is because I kind of wanted to find this out through, like, a surprise trailer or something. Because um, I was just, like, scrolling through news or Facebook and was like, oh, new Crash game. It just, like, came out like that. It wasn't as much as a surprise as it could have been, um, if you get what I mean. So, Because, yeah. like, last year at E3... When, uh, is it Sean Layden? When he said, um, like, oh, we've been working with our partners at Activision. I don't think there was any, like, prior leaks or anything. Um, and then they came out, like, they just announced it all in one go with, a, like, a new gameplay trailer and stuff. That was much more of a surprise than reading some article online. Um, so it's a shame that it didn't get announced in the same way. But in any case, we're hopefully getting a new Crash game, which, of course, excites me quite a bit. Um... If they, uh, if this was, if next year's supposed new Crash game was a remaster of Team Racing, I wouldn't be disappointed. But I would. It if, wouldn't be what you were looking for. Yeah, yeah. If they said, "Okay, Matt, what do you want?" I'd say I just want a new Crash game. Um, I'd obviously still play the remastered Crash Team Racing. Um, but it just wouldn't be the same as a brand new, in my generation, Crash game. Um. So either way, I'll probably still be happy, but I'll be more happy if this is like a brand new game. Uh, I just hope that they like still put Vicarious Visions on board and and still have uh, you know, basically the same team that did Insane Trilogy, but just made a new game. Um, some people, I've seen some people speculate like, is this going to have loot boxes and microtransactions? And I would really hope that a sequel to a game from my childhood wouldn't be not damaged, but have microtransactions and loot boxes on it. That would be a little bit annoying. Again, I could probably ignore it, but it it just wouldn't be as nice because um, you'd have that stuff on there. But in any yeah, in any... Well, I think the loot boxes have had enough uh, drama over the last year or so yes. yeah. that most people are going to start moving away from it. Mm. I kind of see it going how like, uh, and we talked about this on a previous podcast how uh, there was that whole online pass thing that they were doing yeah. well and then that kind of went by the wayside so yeah hopefully hopefully it doesn't have that sort of stuff in it but yeah um do you have anything to say at all uh i mean i really wouldn't consider the switch anybody's direct competitor they're really kind of just doing their own thing uh but yeah. past that um yeah because i mean it's it not a it's but you can see what I mean, I really that Sony played. wouldn't want it on the Xbox, specifically. Oh, yeah, just yeah. the same reason why uh, you're never going to see Sea of Thieves or Halo on PlayStation. Right, right, yeah. Uh, so that makes sense to me. Because I mean, I've watched the first few minutes of the games daily, and, and Tim was like, I wonder why it wouldn't be on Xbox. And I was like, because this, like their direct big competitor. Sure, the Switch is like really, really good and stuff, but there's always been that Sony-Microsoft um rival there so that makes sense um but i'm looking forward to what whatever they have to to show us um a lot of people some people said oh is it going to be like crash mania or whatever one of those games is please don't remaster those, those games that was when crash went into like a really bad era and i paid no attention to those games because they just that just wasn't crash bandicoot that was 
some other version of him. Um, but hopefully they don't do those. I don't think they're silly enough to, to look at those games and think, sure, people want those remastered. Because uh, those never got any like critical praise at all. So uh, whether it's... Uh, and maybe we could, could get both. Maybe they could do Crash Team Racing as like a DLC for Insane Trilogy. And then the new game could be a new game. Uh, there's some options for them to do, but I'm excited to see what they have, uh, and I'm guessing we'll see, this says that we should see something, something at E3, and I would guess if we were to see a new game either later this year, or next year, that they would show something at E3 this year, so I'm pretty excited. Um, to, to well, first have. off, never say they're too stupid to do that, you gotta remember they've made, what, like five Sharknado movies? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. So clearly, you know, stupidity is not something that is ever could be counted as a reason mm. for something not happening. Mm. Hopefully not, though. Hopefully not in this case. Yeah, uh, hopefully not. I mean, we can hope not, but you never know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we'll see what they have planned, and I'm excited. So uh, we'll see. And that's all the stuff that we have to talk about this week. I hope you guys all enjoyed what we have to talk about. Let us know your thoughts on all this stuff. Um and if again if you have any suggestions for an iZombie podcast name let us know that as well uh com is how you can get in touch with us or twitter or facebook you know the usual day-to-day social media stuff uh we have an amazon affiliate account which you can use um entertainmenttalk.org is where you'll find all of our contents you can uh, subscribe to us on itunes stitcher uh, you can check out Robert's Mixer schedule and his uh, streams. You can check out my occasional randomly scheduled <laughs> Twitch stuff, uh, which always gets put on the site after, so uh, don't worry if you miss any of that. Um, is there anything else? I think that's it. I think that's it. Nope, that's week. all I got. Cool. All right, we'll see you uh, next time. Goodbye. <laughs>